Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. If you're a fan of all things geeky, you're going to love Concessions, a brand new podcast by comedian Matt Hunton and myself, Beck Hill, where we interview your favorite cult heroes at Comic-Cons all across the world. We've got stars from Star Wars, Harry Potter, The Walking Dead, and more. Make sure you tune in soon to Concessions. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Television history is contained in the box of delights. Hello, I'm Julia Rayside. Each episode, my guest chooses a favourite TV memory to talk about. Joining me today is the writer and broadcaster, Sally Hughes. Sally, thank you for coming. Thanks for having me. So tell me, what are you going to talk about today? I am going to talk about the infamous um, event on Blind Date in 1997, yeah. which is much later than you think, I imagine. Yes, I near the end being, of the run and the start, definitely. Yeah, I remembered it being much earlier when undercover journalist Nicola Gill infiltrated Blind Date <laughs> as the picker. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Blind Date, and here is your host, Miss Sarah Blind. I love the use of the word infiltrate. It was that <laughs> dramatic. It really was. She was a picker and she chose Paul. And then when they returned to give their feedback the following week, Scylla uncovered her on air. <laughs> Boy, did she. So this is Blind Date. This is like a Saturday night staple from 1985 to 2003, like one of the longest running entertainment formats on on terrestrial telly. It was Scylla Black, obviously, at the Nations. I wouldn't say she wasn't like a mother figure, but she was like your favourite aunt or something. She'd probably give yeah. you your first fag and make you your first Cinzano and, you know, <laughs> that kind of thing. Oh, you're making me want Cinzano. <laughs> yes, she was the sort of saucy aunt. And I cannot overstate how big this show was. I think it had around 15 million viewers yeah. at its peak. You know, yeah. it's a huge, huge show. And I think in many respects, it, it was the very first kind of reality game show. Yeah, it was very much the beginning of a genre and it owned ITV Saturday night for years and years. But also as a as all TV did back then, because there are only four channels, it was one of the probably the early shows to kind of cloak its mechanical workings in this kind of sheen of spontaneity. So the contestants would sit there and, and make terrible puns and terrible jokes. And we, you quite I suppose you sort of knew they weren't doing it off the cuff, but they made it all look like they were just having banter. The contestants were bantering with each other. And so the, the idea of this Cosmo article exposing blind dates sort of makes more sense in that context because now it's like we know reality TV is constructed, but then we thought Ex it was real. Exactly so. So what is not known about, what is not widely known about this situation is that initially uh, Nicola Gill worked for the Daily Star. This ah. story was commissioned by the Daily Star. Ooh. 
while she was going through the audition process, she had flown through the first couple of auditions. It was all systems go. And then she got the job at Cosmopolitan as senior features writer. Ah. And I suspect that one of the carrots she gave the team at Cosmo was that this story was in progress and she would bring it with her. Amazing. So, so what she did is she lied to her editor at the start and said she hadn't made it through the first audition in order to take her story over to Cosmo. Nicola Gill, I've researched her in the run-up to this podcast. She's a really good journalist. Yeah. She's, very, she's a very, very good writer. She's written for pretty much every newspaper you can think of. And she's good, you know. And so I can imagine that she did this sort of undercover sting really quite skillfully. She's 27 at the time, so yeah. perfect for Blind Date. So she takes this story over to Cosmo, which I'm sure they're absolutely thrilled about. And what you're saying is absolutely correct. The whole point was to expose the mechanics of blind date and how manufactured the whole process was, how rehearsed the answers were, how the answers were written by researchers and producers and not by the contestants themselves, how you were steered very much towards one picking one person over two others. I think Nicola Gill also put in her final article that um, all three envelopes contained a and b in Wigan, that there weren't three <laughs> holidays, there weren't three <laughs> dates to choose from um, that you were that you were given winks and nudges to steer you towards one particular person that they ah. wanted to go on the trip and so as you say I mean nowadays that is absolutely par for the course but Blind Date was such a kind of innocent program very much that it really was a big story to say actually this is really completely made up yeah and we sort of expect it now but it really was shocking at the time even though you were complicit to a degree, you knew that people didn't really speak in that innuendo. You you know, there was there was a real sense that it had been rehearsed or written for them um, because they all essentially had the same personality, which was a bit saucy, you know. Yeah. But to have it in black and white would have been a big deal and in fact became this huge, huge story in and of itself. And I think it stays in the memory just as a clip. The way Scylla manages the theatrics of that reveal, I just don't think I've ever seen in light entertainment such a brilliant pacing of a reveal. Like she she goes through the whole process. That, so the couple come back from their date the next week. They sit on the sofa. You see a VT of them flying in a helicopter over the Isle of Skye. It's all lovely. There's no touchy feeling. This. You know, you can always tell whether they're going to sit on the sofa and say, we love each other or we're not that arsed. And, and then you cut to them on the sofa and she lets them do the whole recounting of the date, whether they liked each other or not. She waits and she waits and there's no like sense that she's brewing something up until well she also so just as the kind of big reveal happens she also somehow very skillfully manipulates Nicola Gill into saying that she loves surprises (laughs) which is really really sneaky well perhaps it wasn't uh, spontaneous enough for you Nicola is that right well yeah I do I'm the kind of person who likes surprises but Paul likes his life to be a bit more ordered and you know Definitely, yes. I can't imagine anything Paul would hate more than a surprise, yeah. yeah. Well, Nicola, I have to say I've got more than a big surprise for you. So she manipulates Nicola Gill into saying, I'm a spontaneous person, I love surprises. And so that Scylla can say, well, I've got a surprise for you. (laughs) And so she then reveals it. It is so excruciating. I really, I know you're going to play it, but I really suggest everybody goes to watch it on YouTube because it is really painful and unpleasant to watch, but really compulsive. 
she reveals this as you say she paces it so well so she says i've got a surprise for you because you're not a temp at all are you you work for cosmopolitan magazine she's a journalist ladies and gentlemen not a blind agent at all she gets that tear sheet hapless paul could not be more clueless he's at this point. So smacked, yeah he's got he's got is the, are you serious is this a joke he's completely confused by it so Scylla kind of unpicks the lie and says, you've been playing a game, you've been playing another game, but we've caught you out. It's really, really unpleasant. Nicola Gill goes bright red, at which point, and this is my favourite detail that I discovered in the past few days, somebody in the audience shouted, you killed Lady Di. No, shut up. Is that really true? <laughs> you killed Lady Di. So Nicola oh Gill... Apparently, the, the bit that they didn't catch sort of says, no, I didn't. <laughs> Holy wow. Because, of course, we're, we're a year after the death of Princess Diana yeah, at this yes, point. Yes, 98, so, 97. Yeah, yeah. And the country has fully lost its mind, you know, over yes, this I event. Yes, I forgot that was the context, that journalists are now muck. They are absolutely wow. vilified. Everybody hates journalists, even though Nicola Girl is just like a glossy magazine journalist <laughs> and writes women's interest features and doesn't, you know, doorstep royalty or whatever. <laughs> Somebody then accuses her of having killed Lady Di. Wow. Which is obviously quite unnerving. She goes bright red. Scylla has this very kind of frankly disingenuous thread going through it, which is it's terrible that you've done this because lots of girls would give yeah. their back teeth to find love on this show, which is so absurd because of as we know, only one couple ever found love on the show <laughs> in a one, kind of in freak occurrence. <laughs> exactly. One in all those years found love. And nobody was went good at on making... blind date to find love. No, of course not. But she was good at making it seem like her intentions were just matchmaking, not ratings, not advertising revenue. It's like, I just want people to be in love. I want to buy a hat. I want to go to a wedding. It's like, yeah, come exactly. on. Exactly. It's so completely disingenuous. And so she lays this guilt trip on Nicola Girls saying, you've deprived women of finding love. <laughs> there are so many girls here who'd love to be on this show, at which point all the girls in the audience are kind of shouting that they would have loved to be yeah. in her. Place. Don't you feel a little bit, the least bit guilty? I mean, there's lots of, I'm sure there's lots of girls in our audience tonight, and certainly millions of girls watching at home, who would have given their right arm. <laughs> and you've cheated one of those lovely girls out of a proper blind date. How does that make you feel? <laughs> The look says I, I Kate, well, what can I say? I'm sorry if that's the case. And I feel sorry because I, I would like Paul to go to Nepal. He's a really nice guy. Well, he's going anyway because he's yeah. nice. <laughs> and poor Paul, he just wants to meet a nice girl. Are you single? Are you single? And she sort of says, yes, she is single. Turns out she's not single no, either. No. Um, that the caption the on the report, YouTube clip says she was yet engaged to be married, I think, that yes. June. <laughs> uh, yes, exactly. I'm not sure that that's true. Uh. But I think that was something that Blind Date dosed on top to make her look even worse. Yes. But this whole sort of argument that she was depriving uh, the women of Britain of finding love, it was just really, really <laughs> disingenuous. She sounds absolutely furious. Nicola Gill goes redder and redder and redder. But she does um, the thing where then, she's like, she's not angry, she's, she's disappointed. You've let yourself down. You've let the school down. You know, it's so it's horrible. All that. Yeah, it's so horrible. She's absolutely mortified. He's completely bewildered. They have this follow-up trip to uh, Nepal because 
some weird circumstance meant that they couldn't go on their original date. That's right. They had all the injections. <laughs> they had all the jabs. Um, and so they were told they could go to Nepal at their leisure, at which point Scylla shames her into uh, retracting her involvement from Nepal and giving Paul the other tickets so that he can take some other girl. At this point, I can't stress to you, people are screaming and shouting oh, they want and blood. booing. Yeah. They hate her for it. <laughs> she is just in this really horrible, impossible position. And it's such, like so many things, in, like so many scandals in TV in those days, it's such a small thing. It really is. <laughs> Tiny. She's just, she's just gone to some auditions with a view to write. I mean, I've written those features. I used to write for Cosmopolitan all the time. Yeah. It would have been a slightly salacious but good-natured fun piece. Exactly. But apparently... I've got something to tell you now, Julia, that will blow your mind. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. I'm sitting down. Yeah. So, Nicola Gill wrote many years later, when Blind Date returned, in fact, with Paul O'Grady, she wrote a piece about it again. Ah. And she says, I remember being ushered off the studio floor before Scylla appeared beside <gasps> me in the wings, speaking in, cons- in conspiratorial tones. Quote, I think you're brilliant and what you've done is fantastic, Chuck, she said. Quote, I've never disagreed with a producer before, but we had a fight over this. I didn't want to do that out there. I think you're fabulous and good luck to you. I hope this works out really, really well for you. Shut I didn't see that up. coming. No I way. know. No way. I know. Unbelievable. So scandalous. It just goes to show how kind of steely and pro Scylla was. She was given a brief by her producer and that's what she did. And also... Because they know it's ratings gold. Rumbling someone and and waiting and biding your time and doing it on camera is so good for ratings. And it was, and I think it's fair to say in 1997, you know, the golden days of Blind Date were over. And in fact, it did kind of re-energise the franchise. Everybody watched that in that kind of slightly major Charles Ingram way. It was like, I must watch it because there's a Roman, you know, there's a cheater on it. Totally. And Scylla made this big deal on the night of we've uncovered you. You thought you could get the better of us. You thought you could get one over on us, but you haven't because we uncovered you. The producers who had been absolutely furious about the whole thing by all accounts then did interviews with the papers and said, well, we just thought she was a bit too together for a temp, which is really patronising. How did they rumble her? So they said, oh, we just thought she was a bit too together for a temp. We became suspicious. And then, of course, this is pre-Google. They then say that they traced a phone call she made them to the phone box outside the Cosmo office, which was then on Broadwick Street. But actually, that that wasn't true. All of it was untrue. What actually happened is that somebody from the Cosmo office got pissed at a party and met accidentally the producer of Blind Date. And worse for wear on booze, told them that they were working on a story. No. And so she was rumbled by the most direct means possible. Basically, someone got pissed and grasped her up. Whereas whereas ITV were really like, what was Blind Date? Was it Granada or London Weekend Television? Yeah, London Weekend, I think, yeah. 
So I think I think somebody at LWT really kind of went full James Bond on it <sighs> as the party line. So, oh, we were so clever. We rumbled this silly girl. But in fact, somebody just got pissed and grassed her up. Now you said that I know exactly what happened. My, one of my first jobs, in fact, my first job in TV was at LWT in that building. You've been there many times on the, on the South yeah. Bank. And yeah. there was a subsidised bar. Big mistake at a TV company. A really cheap bar on the second floor where you could get hammered for nothing. <laughs> so I know what happened there. It was a subsidised bar. Brilliant. That's literally what happened. Some journalist has gone to a junket or a screening or a taping of something, got a bit pissed on warm wine from a plastic cup and a few M&S nibbles. And it's just said, oh, you do Blind Date here. We're doing a story on Blind Date. So that's how they busted her. They made it sound as though they'd gone full like espionage. Yeah. Um, but in fact, it was that straightforward. And, all, and, and, all, and she found that out latterly. It's brilliant. And all the stories since then have been like Scylla rumbles dodgy contestants. Like Scylla, Scylla nothing. Scylla probably care <laughs> but it was exactly lovely. so Scylla was then told Scylla didn't want to shout at her or claims to Nicola Gill that she hadn't wanted to do it but was forced into it by producers and she disagreed yeah. but when she's in the middle of it she looks like she could kill a person. Oh, no, no, you don't want to be on the end of that steely stare. Like, it's the way she dresses it up in, I think, towards the end, she's saying, I yeah. still like you, you've got a lovely smile, but, you, but, <laughs> but but with eyes that say, I will snap you like a twig, motherfucker. It's yeah, just no, really it looks, frightening. It looks like someone's going to die. It's so horrible. <laughs> and it's really kind of, the audience are really ready for something horrible oh, to happen roaring. to her. Yeah, they're like at the guillotine going, chop it off, chop it off. But as I say in my head, because Blind Date just seems like such a dated format now. It seems kind of so old fashioned. In my head, this was about 10 years before it actually was. Yeah. And I think when I realised it was 1997 and all the Diana stuff had happened, it was just like a perfect storm, wasn't Absolutely. it? You know, everyone loathed journalists. And Scylla clearly no longer had any fucks to give about anything. <laughs> and so and so the whole, the whole thing just turned into this really kind of slightly uncomfortable, unsettling, big, big, big TV moment. And everyone remembers it. it absolutely. And and I think she she said she still gets a cold sweat thinking about being yeah. in that chair waiting for death, wait, waiting for the welcome arms of death, because it's just so awful to be stuck there. Millions of people looking at you just knowing that's it. I have to just take this now. <laughs> it's horrible. Exactly. When uh, when Blind Date came back with Paul O'Grady, she was invited by the new Blind Date team to go down and look at the studio in that way that obviously time's a healer and she's now the nasty Nick of Blind of Date. Course, and of course, yeah. they wanted her there. And she said that she was frightened going to the studio because she thought just something instinctive in her thought that she'd be double crossed and that the barrier would go back and there'd be people behind it and she'd be on TV. And she was really scared because the whole thing had been so traumatic. There is residual trauma. I bet I'd have like PTSD after Scylla had given me a hammering like that. You wouldn't mess, would you? You wouldn't mess with Scylla. She'd kill you. Yeah, completely. Thank you so much for bringing that. That was brilliant. Before you go, because I can't give you the box of delights, you're not here with I'm going to pick okay. you a question from the Box of Delights. Which dead TV show do you want to revive? Anything at all that's now dead. Oh, my goodness. Mm. Um, I wasn't ready to say goodbye to Broad City. That's the most recent oh, one. Yeah. I really wasn't ready to say goodbye. I felt quite emotional uh, when that went. But I tell you, British TV, I would really, really like the return of Ruby Wax's programme where she just sat around a dinner table with really interesting people and they just sat and had dinner and got drunk and talked. God, it was yes. so great. Yes. It was just called Ruby, I think. And um, yeah, she would have people like kind of Rupert Everett 
and Carrie Fisher around a table just being amazing at being themselves. It was brilliant. It was, Such a simple, cheap format. And it was only on for a few series. Yeah, just based on just her personality alone. It's, it's the dinner party game, the who would you invite thing, but she actually got to do it. And, it and was she brilliant. was so good at choosing the things to talk about. The conversation was brilliant. And they drank and smoked. And so oh. it, that acted as a real kind of lubricant for great stories. Near each other, like, like in the olden times. Oh, I miss it. <laughs> I know, I know. Soon, my pre- <laughs> Sally, thanks for coming. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can find links to the YouTube clips from today's episode on our Twitter feed at Box Delights Pod. Come and say hello. Bye. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com.